This podcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. Okay, hi guys. Um, I'm Brynn, Anorexic Bulimic Compulsive Overeater. Hi, Brynn. I guess I'm just going to start with uh, what it was like and then what happened and um, what it's like now. I feel like what, it's, um, what it was like is a safe place for me because it was my story, right? So um, I... Um, kind of began um, around 15 or 16 as a anorexic compulsive over-exerciser, um, which you know some people call bulimic. And um, I started just by knowing I was a swimmer, and um, you know my coach would always say, "The slimmer you are, the faster you swam." Um, and you know, I think it's a testament to. A compulsive brain and a non-compulsive brain to some people on my team that meant nothing to me that was my new mantra um, for my life um, and I took that to a big extreme so I started swimming in the morning swimming at night swimming on weekends swimming on holidays what pool was open when um, it became an obsession um, I would do anything to be captain of the team anything to you know, get faster, shave time off, how can I lose weight? Um, and it became to the point where I lost so much weight I couldn't exercise anymore. Um, and that obsession just kind of grew. Um, I remember just losing a lot of weight um, over summer and coming back and, you know, there's different reactions to different eating disorders. And the thing with anorexia is most people tell you how great you look. Um, so I came back in high school and was told by everyone how great I looked um, and like asked what I was doing and like was I dieting was this a new exercise was I always this skinny like just like a lot of questions um, a lot of attention that made me extremely uncomfortable um, but also validated what I was doing and anytime anyone would tell me that they were worried or nervous to me that meant they were jealous and they were out to get me and I think that's, like, the beginnings of seeing, right, like, that brain of everybody hates me, everybody's just jealous, I'm so much better than everybody else, I hate myself so much, but I can't trust anyone, and I'm better than all you guys. Like, it's just this constant repeating of um, this fear of everybody else around me, and, it, and you know, it slowly began to limit. I would, actually, that's totally not true. It very quickly limited my life, um, where it became... You know, I took over making my lunch. I could not eat lunch with my classmates because they were going to comment on the size of my food. So I had to hide in the corner and eat alone and eat at this time and have this person and walk around this way. Like little rituals started to develop of ways that I could mask the way I was eating. Um, when I look at the foods I was eating now, I get totally grossed out because they're like, you know, high sugar or whatever foods that um, anorexics will eat to talking to you guys but we will eat to um you know make sure we have the energy so I um yeah I just look back on that time with all with a lot of sadness sometimes still um so I pushed out all my friends um every night I was like hysterically crying my parents did not know why um and I lost a, a lot of weight really quickly um and that's just kind of I think you know looking back and even now, like, the constant theme is shame, self-hatred, self-deprecating thoughts, um, 
and one of the main themes is everybody hates me and I'm going to act in a world where everybody hates me and I need to guard myself and figure out what am I going to do and it's this like war like I heard someone say recently like are we going to be going out to have peace or are we going out to fight a war and every day was a war for me it was like you wake up and the war started you're ugly you're fat you're stupid no one likes you you don't have any friends okay get up and go to school um so it's really it's exhausting um you know and then I went on to one day just started binging don't know why um I don't think why is a spiritual question, so I don't really concern myself with it, but um, just started binging, couldn't stop, and that's where, you know, I started becoming a bulimic, um, laxative abuse mostly, um, laxative abuse and over-exercising, and um, the fast weight gain was really overwhelming, and that's where I can kind of see the repeating of, like, Everybody, everybody is talking about me. Nobody has anything better to do than talk about me. And I was thinking about this recently where, like, I would see people whisper, and I'm like, okay, they're talking about me. And my head was convinced, and I was sure, you know, and that's kind of the insanity and the blessing of program is being able to look back and look at that situation and say, seriously? Like, these two friends were just talking, and I knew they were talking about me. I knew they didn't want me there. And so... You know, I would just eat. I would eat whenever there were blackouts in college. That just meant no one else would be in the refrigerator at that moment. And technically, you should eat all the food in the fridge because it's a blackout. And you don't know when you're going to get the electricity back. Um, and that's what my memories are, you know, is like controlled eating during the week. And then weekends were, I was, I was terrified of weekends um, in my disease because they were this black hole of eating of other people, who knows what other people were doing, but I was eating and I couldn't get out of the kitchen. I knew where all the vending machines were. I lived in a sorority and I knew how to break into the kitchen. I knew how to hide in the pantry. I knew where all the chocolate was. Like, I always thought it was funny that, like, I knew all these secrets and no one else did, but it's insanity. Um, But at the time, it's what I needed, living in a world where you're convinced you don't belong. Um, you kind of need something there to help you. So, yeah, I just, I, and I talk about this because um, this week has been really hard, and I think it's really important for me to remember where I was. Um, you know, and just that, that gaining that weight so quickly from the anorexia to the compulsive eating. Um, I didn't fit in any of my clothes, but I refused to buy new clothes. I refused to give in. I was going to lose that weight again. And so it was sweatpants and skirts all year long. It didn't matter what temperature it was, what the weather was, if it was raining, it didn't matter. And um, I never wore pants. I didn't think I was worthy of pants. Um, And I didn't think that I could leave the house looking the way I did. Um, You know, and it's just this constant shame and hatred. And I had was in a relationship at the time and I was convinced that person would save me if I could just cling on like tight enough you know he would be the answer to all my problems um so it was always just looking looking outside myself for the solution um and this continued for a long time there would be you know the periods of controlled eating where I could be really good and just eat something ridiculous for dinner that was 
anorexia. Um, and then it would break and I'd binge like crazy and be at the gym all the time, um, weighing myself. I couldn't drink water while I was at the gym because that would make me gain weight in my head because I'd weigh myself before, during, and after my workouts. Um, so that's kind of what it was like. And it's really, um, it is exhausting to think about. Um, and I one day Googled program and I like showed up at an OA meeting in Berkeley and it really creeped me out. I didn't even, didn't even go inside. Um, it was like this church and I was just like, what is this? And I like ran and got on a bus and left and binged. Um, so it was the first time I tried OA, and it was about a year later that I actually showed up to the marina dock here in San Francisco. Um, and I have never, it was four years ago, and I've never stopped coming back um, since that day. So the whole story of, like, um, what what happened, I don't, I don't really know. Um, you know, it's kind of, thank God I Googled like help I'm anorexic or whatever I did um I would tell people I had problems binging um but I would never admit to anorexia that was one that I never told like I attempted to get help through therapy but like I didn't really tell them what was going on and I would never admit to anorexia because I was so ashamed that I was starving myself to look like this image that I didn't agree with because I was a feminist and I shouldn't be doing this and like I know better and it's my responsibility to make sure you know and it's just this constant cycle and I was so ashamed of it um but I was dying to be that skinny again um so yeah I I found myself in program and I didn't get out right away um that was not my story um I continued to struggle thank you Um, I never stopped coming back. I sat in the meetings. I just cried in the back. I didn't speak. Um, I could not raise my hand. People would come up to me after every meeting and give me a hug. And they'd be like, do you want to share? Do you have anything to share? I'm like, please, no. I just want to get out of here. Um, And so I would just, like, run out. And um, But I was there every Monday, every Wednesday. And I would just sit there. Um, And I... I think I don't I don't know what made me stay other than I had I mean I guess the thing is is I'd never been in a place before that I heard people talking about everything I had ever done like in my life had I ever heard people talking about knowing every bathroom on vacations like knowing like the secret places to throw up or how to muffle throwing up or like you know what to do when you ate all your roommates food and you had to go out at four in the morning and replace food that you randomly found out was from Germany like you know and and all those like secret ways of ordering things online and like god the time right um and um it was amazing it was amazing to sit there and feel like I was being heard um and it and so I I struggled for a little bit. I um, was suicidal at the beginning of program, and one day I just went up to a woman who had been there all along. I had met her the very first like in this room. We had an anarchic bulimic meeting day in two thousand eight in April, and I met her there. And I didn't really hear her until September of that year. Um, 
And so I asked her if she'd be my sponsor. And I remember what park I was standing in in San Francisco. I remember what I was eating and everything of that day when she told me, tomorrow you'll be eating three meals a day. Um, and you're going to email me what you eat at the end of the day and call me. And I just stood there and I was like, excuse me, um, I will get fat. Like, that's just not happening. Um, and from that day forward, uh, September 4th of 2008, I've eaten three meals a day no matter what, minus one day of food poisoning. Um, so, um, yeah, and it's fat. I mean, I just remember the years and the cycling and the insanity of, of avoiding meals, of thinking, I need to make sure it's not three meals a day. I just, I can't get fat. And, and the solution has really been for me in the plan, in the plan of eating, in knowing, like, it's not up to me and it's not my business and my body's not my business and my weight is for sure none of my business. And it's um, all in my higher power's hands. And all I need to do is eat three meals a day no matter what. And what that looks like to me is if I sleep in till 2 p.m. because I'm depressed and I need to find a way between 2 p.m. and midnight that night to eat three meals in a sane way. Um, if it is 11.55 and I'm, you know, in a club, I'm so, like, I'm out damp. It doesn't matter. Like, I will have some sort of, like, energy bar, almond mix, whatever, in my purse. Like, I have eaten in the weirdest places just because it to me that consistency is so important um if I miss if I do one day of like oh shoot I only had two meals today I know where that leads for me and for me that's to well that works so I could do two meals the next day well maybe I should just keep sleeping until 4 p.m well maybe I'll and it's just right back into it so that's been super important to me um and I think the major changes that I've had in program is just if it's urgent it's not important and if it's important it's not urgent the ability for me to just sit and say okay if I'm not hearing an answer in this moment maybe I'm not supposed to do anything right now and if and I look back on um, the disease of like you got to do it now you got to decide now you should have called yesterday why didn't you do this you should have done that well you might as well give up you know that whole insanity of and I think the hardest thing, <clears throat> excuse me, the hardest thing for me in program was the patience of like, you're not going to get it all today. I remember getting my 90 day chip and being like, okay, well, I should get this by now, right? Like, really believing like I should, this should come fast. And, um, and learning to have that patience and learning to say like, it's going to take way longer than that. And you're going to continue to make mistakes and learn and make amends and, um, hurt people's feelings and realize, oh crap, I really didn't need to do that. Um, and grow and have all these changes happen um, was really new for me. And I think what my the greatest gift my sponsor gave me was to continually try and remind me to pause and um, just remind me it's it's going to be okay. And understanding why is not your business. Um, so that's just been a really a really important gift as I look at my life right now. Um, I currently, I don't have a job. My relationship is long distance. Um, I want to move. I've been wanting to leave California for a while now. It's all these, like, I don't have, 
all my external factors are unstable. Um, and I'm able to say, like, that's external. You know, like, internally, I'm working a program, I have a higher power, I have the steps, I can call my sponsor, and I'm so uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. I can't, like, say that it's perfect, but I'm super uncomfortable with, like, where I'm at, but the difference is, like, not needing to force a solution and not needing to force a change, um, and that's just so different than it was, um, you know, especially a long-distance relationship, like, God, I would have moved in with that person. When I first was in program, I let, like, my newly sober alcoholic significant other, like, move in with me, and, like, I was like, this is a great idea, we've only been dating for three months, you know, and it was, like, anything that created, like, the deliberate manufacture of misery, like, putting together all the different ingredients for insanity, like, this sounds like such a great idea, you know, and then wondering why I'm, like, hysterically crying later, um, and I think that there's that time, right, like, you have these actions, and you're in pain, and you don't know why, and then later on, you're like, I'm doing this, and I'm in pain, maybe there's a connection, and then there's a, I'm doing this, and I'm still in pain, and I know I'm in pain because of this action, but I'm still doing it, and I feel like that's kind of where I'm at, like, I'm completely aware that as I'm not calling back the person, like, the doctor that I owe money to, that it's going to cause more insanity in my life, but I'm still going to do it. Um, and I've been told that the next step is taking a pause and actually recognizing that you have a choice not to do that action. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, <sighs> But yeah, I mean, and to talk, because I talked a lot about the self-hatred and the thoughts um, that I had before and the body image, and, you know, I, it's very easy for me to say, like, it's just, it's just as bad as it was, you know, um, and I feel that sometimes. Um, this week has been really, really hard, um, and I've had a hard time getting out of bed. So to me, that would be an easy way of saying, like, oh, it's just the way it used to be. But the difference is I was eating three meals a day. I was going to a meeting every day. Um, you know, I was everything I was thinking in my head, I was calling and telling someone. Whether or not I still believed it, I was still telling someone that I was saying that stuff in my head and thinking it's quite possible that I'm wrong. Um, and what's been really helpful, too, is affirmations to, like, counter... The, like, you have no friends, everyone hates you, like, you're ugly, you're fat, just stay in bed, is I try and remind myself, like, okay, that's great, what, what if I'm wrong? Like, I know I'm not my body, I know my size is none of my business, I know when I try and control my weight, the opposite normally happens, <laughs> um, and so I try and remind myself of just the basic facts. Um, in the affirmations to like kind of just make it through the day of I'm loved by many I have many talents I have something to offer in this world um, and that's been really very useful for me and a tool that I started in the beginning and in the beginning I used to call I had an OA fellow we used to call each other every morning it was at 8.08 in the morning because it was 2008 and every morning we'd be like Time takes time in God's will like in just the most sarcastic like angry voices we could and I was like whatever your higher power has a plan for you whatever I don't I don't care what's your plan for today you know and 
but like it's gotten to the point today where like when we talk to each other like we actually mean it and that's kind of funny to me but it's also awesome like it's just taking whatever steps and actions I could at the time actually helped thank you um and I just I just want to acknowledge that for myself too of you know those little steps those baby steps um of doing whatever I can for today in the moment is enough um even if it's in a sarcastic angry voice like if that's all I can do and show up for for today um then that has to be enough um yeah um and you know the focus on the steps for me Um, it's often been said and what's been really helpful for me right now in my life in this time of transition is like focusing on the steps on my higher power Um, that's when if I can continue to show up you know and work program and call my sponsees back and call my sponsor and make sure that my step work is moving like that normally helps eliminate some of the chatter that's going on and some of those um, angry voices that will pop up in times um Times of change. Um, so I think that is around where I will stop. <laughs> um, but I think I have, yeah. Thank you so much for listening and for having me. And-